It's time for Barreled Up by Ball Cap Sports. Here's your, here's your, here's your host, Jim Wiley. Welcome back into the Barreled Up podcast, everybody. We have a first round in the books. We are looking ahead to the second round of the MLB postseason. A lot of surprises in the first rounds. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, do we even like the first round? We've got a second round that is teed up to have a lot of interesting baseball played. So we're going to get into it. I am joined by my good friend, Ernie Acosta. We're going to dive into all of that. I want to remind you, though, if you have not yet to subscribe, if you haven't, and rate and review. Help us grow. And, of course, always turn those automatic downloads on so when the content is posted to the feed, You have it right away. All right, with that said, Ernie, let me go to you for your thoughts on the first round. Do you even like the first round? Any surprises? What what are you feeling after two days of baseball? Yeah, no, I I hate the first round. It really feels like a play-in round for baseball. I couldn't get into it. I mean, I watched a little bit. I monitored what was going on. Obviously, I know what happened in the games, but like it just the the buzz there was at like a negative twenty for me. It's not because Yankees weren't in it or the Mets weren't in it. The local teams from my area, it's just like there used to be a real excitement looking forward to the LDS series. Like you had the best four teams in both leagues facing off. You know, obviously there were some teams better than others, but you always felt like all four teams could actually legitimately win a World Series for the most part, almost always. Here, I mean, you look at the Brewers and the Marlins, like, what are we doing? Why are these teams here? These aren't playoff teams compared to the Dodgers and the Braves. Like, it really, it felt watered down. The AL playoff teams, I felt like, were a little bit more legitimate, even the ones that got knocked out. Like, the Rays are a real team. The Blue Jays, know are disappointing, but they're a real team. But, no, the for me, the first round had complete, just no sex appeal at all. And now it feels like the real playoffs are going to begin uh, this Saturday. So, you know, we'll talk about the games a little bit, what what we learned from it, um, what could be taken away from it. I think more the bigger story is now how some of these teams go forward, these teams that got eliminated. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to the real playoffs with the final eight teams, and I'm looking forward to the Braves playing because that's the team I'm rooting for now that the Yankees are out of it. So, yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on this series? Because, I mean, I know I'm just like it wasn't there for me. I, I don't like – the first round being a best of three because it adds too much luck into the equation. I want skill to win out. I want that's why you have in I mean NFL is one and done, but that's because it's too violent. You can't play the games in in a tight window there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You, the NBA is seven games, NHL seven games because they want talent to win out. How many times do you see a series in a seven game setup where the where where a team gets hot, wins the first two games, but then they lose that series because they're not the talented team. They're hot for a minute, they have a couple of good innings, and they're good to go. That is what I don't like about this, and I I think a lot of people do. There are a lot of people that love the chaos. A, if your team is involved, right? Diamondbacks fans, they're feeling pretty good right now. 
Um, Texas fans, you're feeling good. Minnesota, you don't care. You're fine with this right now. But if you are on the outside looking in, you don't have any, none of these teams are your team. You're either rooting for chaos because you didn't make it anyway. So you're like, screw it all. I just want to, I want to see it get completely nuts. Or you are disappointed a little bit like you and I, where it's like, I want the talent to win out. I want the best teams to be playing deeper into the postseason. Now, you can look at these games and you can say Minnesota was the better team than Toronto. Okay. Texas and Tampa. I still think Tampa's the better team. Um, Texas has showed moments this year where they could be one of the best, but I don't like that. I mean, Tampa went, Tampa went cold for two days and their season is over. That's, that's how this thing works. We had what, this is the second year of this format. And only one series. We have now played eight of these first round series. Only one of them went to a third game. And I'm, uh, let's just go back to having the one game winner take alls then. If that's, if that's what it is, let's just go back to winner take all. It's a wild card game. And let's just do that. I actually enjoyed that better, the one game play play in, because I mean, there was just like everything was on the line. Like you're not saving anyone. Like you just gotta get through the next round. And to me, that felt like a play in game. Like having a play in series, which is what it feels like right now. It just, yeah, it feels hokey. And like if you have a play in, just have it be you know the two wild card teams fight to the death to see whoever makes the real playoffs. It's fine for me having this series. It just it feels very dopey and hokey, like we said. Um, funny thing about, I disagree with you. I think the Rangers were a better team than the Rays. But they're two of also the more snake-bitten teams this year in their pitching staffs. Like, look at the, what happened to the Rays pitching staff this year, and obviously we know about the Rangers with uh, DeGrom and Scherzer. But I would also disagree with you on the Rays being cold for a couple days because if you think about how hot they started off the season, for them now to be in this situation where they're in this round, like, they've been playing – cold or off their game for a while. And again, you can put that back to the injuries, losing Rasmus spring, uh, Springs, a few other guys. Um, but yeah, like, I think these, I felt like the Texas Rangers were a legitimate playoff team when they advanced. So I don't have no problem with them getting to the next round. They've got a, a ton of talent in offense. They went all in, unfortunately, with some of the wrong players and Scherzer and DeGrom. I mean, how... I mean, that GM's going to keep his job because he made the playoffs, but you gave a lot of money to DeGrom and Scherzer. Like, I mean, what are we doing here? Yeah. Uh, no, you're, 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 your pushback there is fair. I I just feel like Texas was streaky, and you bring up a good point. What was Tampa, like 16-0 and 0 or something like that to start the year? And, and right, if you were to take that 16-0 and 0 and make it an 8-8, eight eight, um, they kind of played just a, 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 just a... a little bit above 500 the rest of the way. And right, they were they were crushed by injuries. So your point is valid there. I will say this. I think, well, the Milwaukee team, they dealt with losing Woodruff. I don't know. Like like you said, this this first round, just everything all of a sudden, now it's now we have two days in the books. And it, you know, to to kind of have a judgment call on what should have happened, <laughs> it's all irrelevant now because it's all over. Um, I think Milwaukee should have won. Arizona's bats had been cooled. You had Brandon Fott going in game one against Corbin Burns. How do you lose that game? All the credit to Arizona, but Milwaukee just time and time again disappoints in the postseason. At what point 
are they going to look at this and say, this doesn't work? There's a couple of teams. Let's go to that. Let's go to that. We don't need to dive into each individual series. I'm asking you this, though, because I think this is a more interesting question. Of the teams that lost, Milwaukee, Tampa, Miami, and Toronto, which team do you think needs to make the biggest, most sweeping changes out of the four losers? Or do you think they they it just it is what it is? It was a hokey first round. Come back next year, try to get a bye and get out of that first round, and things will be fine. Or is there one of somebody or two teams that you see that need to make some big changes? Well, I think you know the answer to this is going to be the Blue Jays. I mean, the Blue Jays have been disappointing us for a few years now. Every year, there everybody's basically favorite to win the World Series, and again, they they crash and burn miserably. Not only that, I mean, their hundred thirty million dollar pitcher they take out after what the third inning because he let a runner on. I mean, what is happening? Here? And it's not like the Blue Jays have a good bullpen, Jim. I mean, we vented about I vented about this earlier in the year because in fantasy I had a few Blue Jays pitchers uh, for uh, for holds. Like the Blue Jays bullpen is not that good. I mean, I know there's starting pitches they can go to also, but like the disappointment between you know they they've got a star-studded offense. They spent a ton of money on Springer. They have the two huge guys in in Vladdy and and Bichette. They have Gaussman. They have Barrios. I mean. This is a team that should be going far, and year after year after year, they somehow fall short every year. So to me, I mean, the, the opposite of them is the Marlins. The Marlins shouldn't have been here. They got here by some miracle. How they were able to become a playoff team this quickly is a credit to them. But the Marlins are really uh, – the Blue Jays are really in a situation where they got to lurk internally and say, what is going on here? What's the problem? Like, the Padres and Mets will get all the, uh, all the attention for being complete disappointments and failures this year. But the Blue Jays really have to ask themselves, like, how are we not in a World Series by now? Yep. The Toronto Blue Jays made the playoffs in 2020. They lost two games. They were out. They did not make the playoffs in 2021, despite 91 wins, which is more wins than they had this year. Uh, But we didn't let as many teams in in 2021. They would have made the playoffs in 2021. They would have been the third wild card if we were doing that thing back in 2021. 2022, they made it, they lost both games, and this year, they make it, and they lose two games. So, yeah, you have four disappointing years for a team that the goal is higher than just make the playoffs. That's in 2020. The goal was to take a step. They got ahead of themselves, and they made the playoffs, but half the league made the playoffs in 2020. 2021 was a disappointing year because, again, 91 wins. You don't make the playoffs. Last two years, not winning a playoff game. The goal is higher than this. The goal is make a run in October, and they're not doing it. I worry that the changes that are needed are higher than what can be made. Um, and let me let me preface that, that this may be a Mark Shapiro this might be, a, right, it's not a simple fix. This may be a Shapiro thing. This may not be Schneider. Schneider, every, they were, they said it in the broadcast. It has been evident time and time again. This Blue Jays team is high on the analytics. And Jose Barrios, the decision to take Jose Barrios out was made the night before looking at a spreadsheet. So the Toronto Blue Jays, John Schneider's a yes man. You fire John Schneider, nothing's going to change. You fire Ross Atkins, potentially nothing changes. 
Because what if this is coming from Shapiro? If it is an Atkins thing, then he needs to go. This team is wasting years. They're wasting time. They have a rotation that's good enough to make a run. The Barrios thing will live in infamy. That's when we look back, you know, um, last year for Toronto Blue Jays fans, it was the George Springer Bo Bichette play. Um, in 2020, it was Ryu getting absolutely rocked by the Rays. This year, it will be Jose Barrios coming out, and they went to they went to Yusei Kikuchi. Like, you went to Kikuchi. You entered a situation. Now they wanted a lefty. Go to Tim Miza. You entered a situation where you must have viewed this as a do-or-die moment, and they went to Yusei effing Kikuchi. They could have gone to Chris Bassett. If we are playing, they, he managed the bullpen. And again, maybe not he, maybe it was the spreadsheet, maybe it was up from from decisions from above. They managed the bullpen like there was no tomorrow the whole way through. They burned, they they took Gosman out after four, they took Barrios out after three. So they were managing like there was no tomorrow anyway. So why don't you go to Bassett in that moment if you're looking at this like, okay, we got a runner on now and that's unacceptable. We have to have a shutdown inning. Then don't go to you say coochie. So I don't like how they manage this. The whole thing, whether you want to pull it, put it on John Schneider, Don Mattingly, Ross Atkins, an assistant GM, anybody like that. Huge mistake. Big changes need to be made, but it's not going to be easy. The drop off from Barrios to Yakuchi is just, it's ridiculous. And, you know, like, yeah, okay. So you go into a starter there, but like my point earlier is like, He's still eventually now. He gets got to get to the bullpen, the relievers who have been pretty miserable for the past couple of months. So I'm stretching every inning I can out of, out of Barrios. I mean, you're paying him and Gaussman for a reason. How is it? I mean, are these just only regular season starting pitchers now? We're only going three and four innings to with them in the playoffs. Like there used to be this thought process of like I'd rather my best at eighty percent than my reliever at ninety percent or even ninety five percent. To me, that still rings true, but for analytics, somehow it doesn't. And in the end, it's the offense's fault that the Blue Jays didn't advance. So I don't want to bury that too much. The analytics stuff I hate. It's just it's a pet peeve of mine. But in the end, like the Blue Jays have to score that, and they don't. And of course, we have that huge play by uh, Vladdy getting picked off second base by Sonny Gray. Um, I guess there's going to be some discussion on how that also changes some rules going forward because. Um, pitch com was used, I guess, by the catcher telling Sonny Gray to pick off Vladdy at second base. And I guess... Well, but here's the thing. Don't you... for Forever, pitchers have been... Or catchers have been able to relay on to a pitcher to attempt a pickoff play. Physical signs, though. It's a little different when you mm -hmm. get, get in your ear because Vladdy's depending on his coaches yelling at him. Yeah. They don't say it in his ear. So you can hear the coach yelling, back, 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 or, you know, he's getting behind you or, or take a bigger lead. Like, I think the using pitch comp for a pickoff attempt is a little bit of a gray area we have to take a look at. Because, right. I mean, even the in, the fielders can signal to the catcher, but then you, the first base and third base coach can see that. If the catcher has a signal pick off, the runner could catch up on that and start to get back. He may yeah. not. He may still get picked off. Yeah. But to have almost that cheat code of him being able to say in Sonny Gray's ear, turn around right now, pick him off, I don't know about that. This may be something we have to revisit. And I don't know how you can how you can uh, discipline that or, right. or or legislate against that. 
But when I heard that, and I've seen some people on Twitter talk about this, like this was not the intention of Pitchcom. Because then, I mean, what's the difference? How about we have, you know, coaches being able to talk to the fielders when, uh, to, to the runners when they're on base? How about they have a headset? I mean, there is mm-hmm. sort of always now an unfair advantage now if you can have those communications. So I'm looking online because I had not heard that Pitchcom. I, from what I saw in the broadcast, and it looked like Sonny Gray and Carlos Correa had lined up a timing play to to execute that pickoff. I just Googled it while we're talking, and I see former Blue Jays manager John Gibbons um, tweeted his displeasure, and it, I, it's it's right there that the that they the Twins admitted to using Pitchcom for the pickoff play. I think Sonny Gray said in his post game. Sonny Gray said it in the post game. Okay. I believe that's what we're Yeah, uh, there's a clip right there. Sonny Gray discusses the pickoff play was put on by Correa and communicated through Pitchcom. So, it wouldn't have been Yeah, how can they how can they do that? Right? Like I I guess look, I I fancy myself as somebody that <laughs> knows a, a little bit about what's going on with baseball, how Pitchcom is used. I, I, how's how is that even possible that the shortstop could communicate with the pitcher? I didn't think that's possible. I thought we have a we have a situation where the shortstop there's there's position players that have the device so they can hear what is being relayed to the pitcher. How do we have a situation why Correa has any communication with Gray in pitch comp? Yeah, does he have communication with him, or because of what he hears, he can give the verbal signals that right. every one else doesn't know? So, right. Yeah. And then he hears the confirmation from Gray because yeah. he got a headset. So again, that's I mean that's a little bit besides the playoff conversation we're having, but I think that is something the commissioner and the league is going to look into in the offseason. Sure. Yeah. It, it is. It is designed to relay, you know, what the pitch is supposed to be, not. Not anything like that. Well, I mean, <laughs> technology. We're living in a world of technology. Yeah, and- we'll have to adapt and figure it out. Just like replay, yep. we've had to adapt yep. from, you know, the guy coming off the base a little bit, which was not the mm-hmm. intentional replay. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not cheating. It's it's It wasn't legislated against before. There was no rule against it before. But it is something right. that they probably have to discuss. Yep. Yeah. So we have the first round now in the books. We have the Rangers getting over on the Rays. We'll talk a little bit about that. We had the Blue Jays going down to Minnesota. Talk a little bit about that. We didn't really talk about Phillies and Marlins, but you kind of said it. Miami was not a quality opponent for the situation. They were just happy to be here. Their pitching had been decimated by injuries. Their bats were okay, but realistically going up against Wheeler and Nola, that was a long shot. And then we had a surprise with Arizona over Milwaukee. But then again, some people don't view that as a surprise because Milwaukee has disappointed in the playoffs time and time again. Let's get to the second round as that is now what is in front of us. We have two days off. We have today, which was supposed to be game threes, but there is no game three. We have Friday, the scheduled day off, and then we start playing on Saturday. All four teams go on Saturday. Then the American League teams go on Sunday, and then we go back. The National League teams will play their game, too, on Monday. What matchup stands out to you? I, well, this is, a, this is a trick question. Not a trick question, but 
it's got to be the one everyone's watching, Braves and Phillies at this point, right? This is uh, this is a a a great uh, division series matchup. Braves Phillies is the sexiest matchup. Obviously, the Braves. I mean, they're the team I'm rooting for mostly because I feel like they're the best team, and I always want the best team to win the World Series. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, going against the division rival, Bryce Harper, all that going on. But I am going to enjoy also the Chris Davis series of the Rangers and the Orioles because, you know, it feels like one team, and I have to do that because now when I see two teams like this, like Immaculate Grid just pops into my head. Like, right, 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 right. It's not the Kyle Gibson series? Uh, no, I'd rather go Chris Davis. Chris Davis, when I was drafting him in the third round, I think he uh, got called up for the Rangers and was this huge mashing, you know, prospect. Yeah. He was like a third overall prospect. But, you know, the Orioles are an exciting team. They're a young team. They're a team that's going to get even younger somehow with all these major prospects they got coming up in the next couple of years. And the Rangers, I think, have a lot of sex appeal, too, with all their hitters. You know, between yeah. Hyme, between Young, between Nadal's Garcia, um, forget Simeon and Sega, the two free agents mm-hmm. that somehow both worked. Like, of all the shortstops that hit free agency, it seems like they have all failed, except for these two guys that the Rangers signed to huge contracts. Right. So, you know, my guy Jordan Montgomery is going to be there for the Rangers. So. Yep. I'm really looking forward to the Phillies Braves, but I'm also looking forward to the Rangers Orioles. I just feel like these are two teams that could be the up and comers in the next couple of years in the American League. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the Astros Twins series, I mean, isn't a sweep, I'd be shocked. I mean, we yeah. we all be shocked. And if somehow the Twins advance, I'd be furious because the Twins don't think are that good, and it would just be one of those anomalies that just ruins the playoffs. But right, yeah. So you know, I'm looking forward to those two series. Um, and then Dodgers Diamondbacks, you know, it's a divisional series, but again, the Dodgers should throttle the, the D backs, you would think. But, it should. Uh, it's just going to be fun seeing. I l- enjoy seeing great players play in the playoffs in the World Series. Mm-hmm. And there's a ton of great players, a ton of great players in the Dodgers. You're going to see Mookie, you're going to see Freddie, Kershaw. So, you know, Verlander going for the Astros again. So, though, yeah, we've got some good, fun series here. And, you know, as much as I'm not supposed to like the Astros, I am rooting for them to throttle the Twins because Twins are posers and they don't, they don't belong. You've got the Carlos Correa series happening there. There you go. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Right. And Carlos yeah. Correa, look, he didn't have a big home run in that Blue Jays twin series, but he did have a, a very heads-up play that took a run off the board for the Blue Jays. Um, you all, and he had a big hit with the bases loaded that put runs on the board for the twins in game two. So Carlos Correa came up big again and here he is. Now he's going to have this series in Houston and that's going to be really interesting to watch very much, right? They didn't want to pay him and now he can go out there and, and show now you you should have, you should have given me that deal and I'm going to show you why. I don't know if he can in this series. I think right now they're being proven that they were correct in letting him walk. Yeah, I'll say, but I don't trust this Houston pitching. Not at all. You've got a Framber Valdez situation where, and Christian Javier, they both pitched in the WBC. They both pitched late into late October last year, and then they didn't get a full, so they did not get a full offseason. Their offseasons, Valdez and Javier, was cut were cut short by like two or three months. Because they went deep into playoffs and then they started early for the WBC. And I think that's taken a toll. Christian Javier, you got a situation where the fastball velo is down, the spin rates are down, so his stuff is more hittable. Uh, Fambro Valdez, the second half of the season has not been good. 
to me, that is the he's wearing down. It's been too much for Valdez. So now what we're we're relying on Verlander, and that's a worry for me. You could see these Twins bats get get the jump on Javier and uh, and, and 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 Valdez. Verlander could pitch great, fantastic. They got to win three games. You could see Verlander in two of these games. You could see Verlander. Well, I guess if you see him in two games, you're going to a fifth. But um, you could see Verlander pitch well. It might not matter. Twins can pitch well. I think that Houston's going to have a tough... I actually think Houston's going to have a tough time because of that pitching, because they have a losing record at home. And it's not necessary. And what it is at home, they're just not hitting. They don't hit at home like they do on the road. Every I looked at everybody's home and away splits. Bregman, Altuve, Tucker, Jordan, all of them. Their OPS comes down like 50 to 100 points at home. I don't know what that's about. That's, the, that's incredibly fluky. Amazing for a hitter's ballpark, a received hitter's right. ballpark in Houston. I mean, that left field fence is basically, I mean, you, you can spit at it and hit it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it makes no sense at all for all those great hitters because mm-hmm. if they're going to win, like you said, the Astros are going to have to win on their bats, and they've got a ton of great bats. Yeah, um, I, think, I think it's they've got a much better offense than the Twins. I don't think that's really uh, debatable. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it still feels like it should be a divisional series. It's not anymore, but it used to be. Right. Right. Um, with the Astros now being in the West, yeah, you know, that still throws me off still. But yeah, no, it, I still think. I think the bats are going to come through here. I I hear what you're saying. Well, that's the thing, right? You've got the experience. You, you you would expect them to do what we've seen them do year in and year out. Right. Yeah. So I it is funny you say that though, with with the bats being so porous at home, because I mean it's almost like a reverse yeah cheating scandal of like they had this great advantage right before, and now all of a sudden like, it's gone the complete opposite way. It's uh-huh. very odd. Well, you know, and what's interesting, the way the first round played out, they didn't, the Twins probably would have used Joe Ryan if it went to a third game. Now you can hold Joe Ryan to go in game one, and then games two and three, you roll back Sonny Gray and Pablo Lopez. So the way things worked out sets up great for the Minnesota Twins. Speaking of working out great for pitching, the Arizona and LA series. Um, because Arizona went Brandon fought in game one, that pushed Gallon to game two. Merrill Kelly, the second best pitcher, really Arizona has two good pitchers. Merrill Kelly's the other one. Now Merrill Kelly, because he didn't have to pitch in game three against Milwaukee, can go in game one against the Dodgers. And because of the schedule, Sunday being the off day for the National League, the Diamondbacks will have Gallon fully rested for Monday. The Diamondbacks could actually, and pardon the pun here, snakebite the Dodgers with this schedule because the Dodgers won't actually get to the crummy portion of the Diamondbacks pitching until game three. And that'll be back in Arizona at that point, right? You go two in LA, then it'll go game three. Maybe you can get some positive vibes. I, I think there's a little bit of chaos that could creep up in the top half of that National League playoff picture with Arizona's pitching lining up like the stars aligning, the the, the baseball gods smiling down on Arizona here. 
with how this has worked out. I'm with you, though. I still think the Dodgers should get the job done. But I only got one of my four wildcard round predictions right. So I don't know. I can't pick a team right now. I have no juice there. And it just think about what we were just talking about here with the starting pitchers lining up and Gallon and all that and this and that. Yeah. Like, this, again, goes to show you how stupid, again, about our topic earlier, taking Berrios and Gossman out early is. Like, yeah. we're talking about these pitchers because they have a huge impact on the game. Like, the downbacks, I'm I'm almost confident and sure and 100% positive, aren't going to take Zach Gallon out in the third inning unless he's giving up seven runs. Right. They're not taking out Merrill Kelly after four innings unless he's giving up seven runs. Yep. Like these are the horses that you need to ride if you're going to win a playoff series, especially if you're an underdog. I understand that. Yep. But like we're talking about these starting pitchers not as three inning three inning pitchers. We're talking about them as guys who should be going at least six, maybe seven, maybe eight, depending on how good the outing is. Mm-hmm. So again, like it just goes to show you, like there's these teams that go with these saber metric stuff of taking guys out early. Like you know, this is why you're not advancing. This is why you don't belong. Because I mean, yep. you've got to ride your horses here, and the Astros are going to ride Verlander into the ground, and I'm sure the Diamondbacks are going to do the same. The Dodgers maybe not with Kershaw, but the Twins are. Like I don't see the Twins taking out their guys that early. Right. They're gonna at least go five, six innings each of them. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, the the Rangers rode Montgomery and Evaldi. The Phillies ran Nola and Wheeler. The Diamondbacks they pulled fought early, but they have to. It's the guy. It's the it's it's the it's it's who's on the mound. There are some pitchers that you got to have a short leash with. You got. If the Blue Jays had started, had started, you say Kikuchi. He's he's a guy you have a short. If they had started Hyunjin Ryu, he's a guy you have a short leash with. But when you are at a spot where you've got a a you call it a horse with Barrios and Gosman, you you go you go with them. Um, I do think this Texas and and Orioles situation is not great. The, the Rangers and the Orioles having a setup to the, this is the word, the Orioles would have rather seen the Rays, I believe, because that Orioles pitching, though it's been good, it's been stronger lately. The Orioles pitching is the, is the, is the, is, is the area that we're all concerned about. That's what we're all watching is they're how. Not, yeah, they're not ready. I don't think with the Orioles pitching. Exactly. So are we about to lose the Orioles because the Rangers bats, they, the Orioles got the toughest, the toughest group of bats now that's still left in the American league. And they're the one seed. Now that's just the way it works, right? There would be no, no chance to reseed here. The, everything lined up the way it's supposed to be. You got one versus five and, and two versus three. Do you think the Orioles are the Rangers going to pull off an upset here? Yeah, and, you know, the Orioles deserve where they are, so I don't want to take anything away from them. It does feel like they're a bit early. The pitching does not feel ready. The bats are ready. Yeah. But the pitching does not feel ready. If they got bumped off by the Rangers, though, this is why I'm most excited about the series. Because even if the Rangers won, like, I I still think the Rangers are a legit team. So, like, it's not like they would be, you know, it's it's different than if the Twins beat them. You know, it's you're losing to a legit team. So, yeah, I could easily see the Rangers upsetting the, the Orioles, but it'll just be fun to watch. Like, these guys are going to get all get their experience of being, you know, a favorite, sort of, mm-hmm. as 
because, I mean, this feels a lot like the Astros when they first made the playoffs and knocked off the Yankees in the first round of the, of the uh, one-game wildcard elimination game. Like, you're yeah. seeing the core. Yeah. And you know it's coming. Like, once Grayson Rodriguez starts going and they, and they add a couple more pitchers, like, this team is going to be something to be worried about. So Yeah. No, you're right. I think that there is they're, – they're, with Kyle Bradish and Dean Kramer, they have both been pitching very well lately, getting stronger. Grayson Rodriguez pitching better since he was recalled. He looks like a coming ace. He, looks he does. Like, he's there yet, but I think, you know, next year, a couple of years, he's going to be getting mm-hmm. Cy Young votes. John Means is back, and John Means is pitching really well. All of a sudden, this Orioles team, and the pitching closer. has been stronger. And a great closer. Now, yeah, yeah I, I'm, okay. I'm good with Cano. I, there are, I, I think I'm okay with Cano. I think Orioles fans are okay with Cano. I think outside of that bubble, there are a lot of people that are down on the back of that bullpen because it's not Batista. But Cano is still a very good, very capable pitcher at the at the back end of a game. Cano would have been a closer on 26 other teams in baseball, most likely. Yes. Like, he's that good. I yep. mean, he's almost like a Andres Munoz situation in Seattle until he mm-hmm. eventually has a job. Like, you're yep. looking at a closer who's like, you know, you know that he's that good, just that there's a good guy that's a little bit better than him. So, yeah. but yes, I still would trust him over most of the other guys going to be pitching the ninth inning for these other teams. The other game that we have not talked about is Phillies and Braves. And this is one of those where, let me ask you this first. Do you think we should be reseeding? Because if we reseeded this thing, it wouldn't be Braves and Phillies. It would be Braves and Diamondbacks because the way this is supposed to go is the better team faces the worst possible seed that's that's out there. But that's not what we're going to have. Um, we're gonna we'll we'll talk about this series in depth in just a second. But just to, do, do you have any thoughts on? I believe they should recede. Do you think they should recede? Yeah, the fairest way is receding. Have they given yeah. a reason why? I mean, I'm sure they're probably going to say scheduling. I don't know why that would be an issue because that's always their their excuse for the playoffs. Yeah, is there a reason why they don't recede? I have not heard one. Yeah, I mean, the best team should play the standings wise worst team in yeah. any playoff situation. So yeah, they should be receding because mm-hmm. I mean, that series would be you know just as sexy in the NLCS as it is in the in the DS. So oh yeah. Yeah, yep. I would be a yeah a strong proponent of reseeding, but I've, I've I've got to figure out why they're not doing it. Other yeah, than, you know, I, I hope I would the brackets to it could be it could be. Um, it's I, I would like bracket. I'd it's like them. Was that sorry? This the brackets is not a thing, but they still try and push it out there. Fill out your baseball playoff bracket. I would hope that's not the reason. Right, because then the brackets become irrelevant as you go on to the next round. I. I'm looking forward to this matchup regardless. Even though it's 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 happening in the NLDS and not the NLCS, I'm I'm looking forward to this matchup more than any other matchup. And and I like all four of them, but this one is the one that I think has the most storylines, it's going to draw in the most eyeballs, it's going to have the most action to it. Atlanta's the number 1 seed, but there are some questions around the pitching. Now one thing that took place over these off days is that Atlanta did, whether you want to call it a an exhibition game, a simulated game, whatever, Max Freed pitched. And Max Freed pitched well in that exhibition game, we'll call it. Uh, so that maybe that 
alleviates any worry that's out there about a blister because blisters are problems for pitchers. You can't throw if you can't get a grip, and you can't get a grip if you have a blister. Do you see Atlanta? Is this simple? Atlanta's the favorite? I think Philly could do it. Will they actually do it? It's a whole nother question because even though Nola was good last night, I still have my worries that he pitched well last night. He's going to go out next time out and he's going to have a, a clunker. It's what he's done most of the year. He'll give you a good outing and then he'll follow it up with something that is bad. Do you see this being Philly's a nice story, but Atlanta is the clear cut favorite? Yeah, no, absolutely. The Braves are the clear-cut favorite, but the Phillies could upset them. They're they are good enough. They are equal to the task. They have a, a really good team. They deserve to be here. But you know, the Braves are the clear-cut favorite. It would be I would be devastated if the Braves lost this series. Yeah, I just think they're so good. And like when you have upsets like that, as much as it makes the playoffs exciting, it really devalues the regular season because you're like, what did I just watch 162 games for? This, so I'm I'm tuning in to watch yeah. the Braves every day just mash teams to death. Yeah. With their offense. They've got how many guys hit 20 home runs this year for them? Like seven or eight, something like that. It, it, that that sounds about right. Yeah, both their catchers, I think, have 15 home runs. So it's like their pitching's good, their bullpen's good enough. So yeah, the Braves are the clear cut favorite to get to the World Series, in my opinion, and win the World Series. But yeah, the Phillies could upset them. It would not be a surprise. If it's 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 interesting. I, the Braves bats can certainly get it done, but what is if you're a Philly fan, it's comforting is that the Philly bats can answer. Right? If the Braves go out there and put three or four up against some teams, you feel like you're toast. But with this with this Philadelphia lineup, you're not. Um, in the end, on the season, the Braves went eight and five against the Philadelphia Phillies. Phillies took two out of the last three, and there was a four-game set played weaker a week or two before that, and the Braves took three out of four, but they were all all four games were were close and and, and played tight uh, tightly by the by the Philadelphia Phillies, even though they lost. Three of the four. So this series really lines up. Is there a player that you think is going to stand out and lead the way? Let's go. If Philadelphia is going to pull off the upset, who's the guy that you see standing out and leading the way for the Philadelphia Phillies? I mean, Turner would probably make the most sense, right? Considering how mm -hmm. awful the season started off for him, it would make the most sense for him to just have a humongous series and carry the team and yeah. you know, try and live up for his contract. So yeah, yeah I'd go with him, him, Real Mudo. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't feel like Harper's uh series still recuperating from the injury. I know he's had a few he's had more power surge lately in the second half. His early power numbers are horrific. Yeah. But um but no, it just feels like if the Philly if Philly is gonna advance it, it will be a Trey Turner situation. Yeah, he's gotta be Locked in. I, I like, I kind of like Nick Castellanos. If you can, if you can get what you expect to get out of Trey Turner and Kyle Schwarber and Bryce Harper, and if Nick Castellanos's game can reach that level, then you got four guys that you just don't want to pitch to. Uh, because I think Stott will give you, you know, 
good stuff. Bohm will give you good stuff. Rebuto's going to give you good stuff. But on an elite level, um, there's three guys that are the guys on this team. And if you can add Nick Castellanos and make it four, then that's and, – and some Philly fans may argue Rebuto's in that conversation too. But, I would argue from that. I mean, I, I, yeah. I would rather face – I mean, I know he hits a lot of home runs, but I'd rather face Schwarber over some of these other guys. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's that's Schwarber's game. That's Schwarber's game. All or nothing. Um, I do think uh, on the Atlanta side of things, I think Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to be playing like a man possessed, kind of like he just did for 162. <laughs> more motivation for him. I think he came into this season motivated to prove to everybody that maybe prove to himself and prove to fans and the rest of baseball that the player he was last year was not 100%, was not ready to be that elite superstar level player. And he was back healthy this year. And I re- there was a quote at the beginning of the year that he basically said he was he was going to come out and 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 play like he was just trying to destroy everybody like that. Some quote to some to some effect like that at the beginning at the beginning of the season. And I saw that, and I saw some of his spring training. I was like, he looks healthy, and oh, he's motivated too. He wants to show everybody, prove everybody that he is the guy he was two years ago before the injury. Now you have the extra motivation where when they won the World Series in 2021, he wasn't there. He was not a part of that team. So now he's back in the postseason. I think he's going to... I don't know if it's possible to go to another level, but I think we're going to see a Ronald Acuna Jr. that... May give he already gave us one of the best regular seasons in the history of the game. We may also see him give us one of the best postseasons, not just because of what he did, what we've seen, the 40-70, but because he didn't play. He was not a part of the World Series team in 2021. And I don't know if Philly can overcome Ronald Acuna Jr. with five home runs and, and 10 stolen bases over four games because this thing's done in four. And unlike some of the guys we talked about for the Phillies, he can do it with his glove also. So he, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if we see an impact of him with his bat and his glove. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch uh, these four matchups. I'm also hoping my guy Matt Olson has a big yeah. series at some point because, you know, obviously he had a amazing season this year. Mm-hmm. Most of America has no idea who he is. So this could be also a situation for him to have his, you know, hello, I'm Matt Olson. Right. One of the first baseman in baseball. Yeah. Introduce himself to the rest of the, the entire baseball universe. But well, that lineup is just so deep. Like, it's like it never stops. It, it doesn't, it doesn't so stop. It's ridiculous. Like there's, there's no empty spaces. Like it used to be Michael uh-huh. Harris until like July and all of a sudden it wasn't Michael Harris anymore. He became one of the hottest players in baseball. Right. Oh, I mean, they've got bench guys who are better than most starters. It's just a ridiculously deep team. And how do you, how do you beat that? Right. If it, it maybe Philly will show us how to beat that and it's, it's pitching. So let's see, let's see if they can, let's see if they can pitch. All right. That's, 
that's everything we got on the first round. Wrapping that up, putting a bow on the first round, taking a look at the second round. I am excited to actually watch these games now, see it all play out. Ernie, as always, I do appreciate you coming on and talking some ball and um, you know making time out of your schedule. I know you're a busy guy to come on over and, and talk some baseball with us. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was a lot more fun in the first round, but uh, yes, <laughs> it's, uh, I'm very much looking forward to the second round. I think we're going to see some great baseball, some great baseball moments, and uh, hopefully, like we talked about just a few minutes ago, some players introduce themselves to America and, yep. you know, help grow this game. Yep, yep, me too. It's going to be a lot of fun. Everybody out there listening, thank you for coming in and spending some time with the podcast. I do appreciate it. If you haven't yet, make sure to turn those automatic downloads on. So, when the content is posted to the feed, you get it right away and help us grow. Subscribe, rate, and review. Let's take this thing to the top, everybody. You can help. Doing your part, I appreciate it. Guys, thank you for listening, and I'll catch you next time. <laughs>